Hey guys, it's Ross, your host on Recharge, Rebuild, and Restore. Come join me every Sunday at 7 p.m. to empower people from all walks of life with life lessons, shared stories, tricks, and tips for life. Come follow me at R3NRoss. To truly understand and be able to share love takes a sacrifice of oneself. It's realizing that love is about you or what you can get. It's about you and what you have to give. Hey guys, welcome back to Recharge, Rebuild and Restored. R3 with me, Roz. My guest tonight has a story to share that we all as parents, relatives, neighbors and friends should all be aware of during this pandemic. She's a wife, a mom, a sister, a businesswoman, an educator for over 23 years, a forever student of life, and my friend, Miss Lorian Roberts Johnson. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Roz. So nice to be here with you. Well, you know, I just uh, want to ask a few questions, if that's okay with you. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the pandemic, in terms of the pandemic, how would you say it has affected you in a positive way or in a negative way? Okay, so we'll start out with the positive, of course. It's always better. Um, as far as the pandemic is concerned, it's forced me and my family to start taking great joy and finding great joy in the simple things and the time that we spend at each, with each other um, and making use of the proper uh, way of spending time with each other rather than being on tech. So that's, uh, that's what it has helped us to do. A negative? Uh, but negative, well, that's um, why I'm here. It, I wanted to share the story of what it did uh, to my eight-year-old daughter. It nearly took the life of my, uh, an illness nearly took the life of my eight-year-old daughter. Would you please uh, talk about your experience, which is about your daughter being sick? Sure. Um, it all started with um, some fever and um, her not feeling uh, well. Um, on a, let's say, a Wednesday morning, she was feeling ill. Um, but I just thought it was a, a, you know, just a stomach ache, and just because she didn't eat uh, as the day went on, it uh, seemed to get uh, a little bit more prolonged as far as her not eating. But I was quite busy that day because m- I myself was preparing for a surgery, and mm-hmm. uh, I had to go do a COVID test um, three days uh, before surgery to be cleared. And um, as the day went on, and I was away at the house, she, away from the house because she online schools. She had called and said she wasn't feeling well. So when I reached home, um, again, I saw that really she really was feeling ill. So I tried to give her something to drink. And as uh, as I looked at her eyes, it was looking more feverish. And because she didn't eat anything, I called the, the health line, InfoSante we have, uh, our health right. line, right. and informed uh, the nurse on... Um, uh, her symptoms and asked if it was still okay to give her Tylenol because usually I'm not accustomed to giving her medicine on an empty stomach. Okay. And just after saying to her the symptoms, she said for me to rush to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Now we had a curfew. Um, so that was uh, okay. something that was concerning because it was late at night and mm-hmm. she had said, no matter what you head to that hospital. And if she becomes lethargic, you call the ambulance right away and head to the hospital. So I, uh, 
immediately took her to uh, the hospital. Um, from there, even though I was waiting for my husband to uh, to meet with us, he had a late shift. Mm-hmm. We ended up just ending up uh, at the hospital, and he met us there. And uh, all the urgency that I went there with um, seemed to kind of dwindle down because after we did triage and they gave us uh, Tylenol, uh, we just waited again in the observation room up with a diagnosis of uh, an appendix uh, that needed to be removed. That's what we started out with. Okay. So was she um, scheduled to have surgery right away as an emergency surgery or she you were just waiting to get more information from the doctor? Well, this was... Um, Definitely a classic appendix removal. So she would have needed an appendectomy uh, Mm -hmm. is what the doctor said. So since we were there early morning Thursday, she had a COVID test and was cleared for surgery for that afternoon at 2 p.m. She had the appendectomy and that was something that um, was a bit pushed um, on my end because my surgery was the next day, which at that point I thought I should cancel, but Mm -hmm. it uh, very much uh, was something important for my health. So even the doctors there and my family said not to um, cancel and to proceed with the surgery. So we opted for the better fix for my daughter. And also what they had is uh, as a concern was if we did the other route, which was um, antibiotics that within the year, she'd be back at the hospital for the same problem. Mm -hmm. And because of the variants was uh, we're talking about the variants by that time and COVID, they really wanted to keep her as safe as possible and encourage us just to do the appendectomy. So it was just over with. Mm-hmm. So you made a choice right away to do that instead of waiting to come back okay. later after a few months doing, doing another procedure that they had talked to you about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, she was discharged on the Thursday night, almost at midnight, actually, Friday m- midnight. And I had to... Uh, prepare for my surgery the following morning, which was about 11, came back and well, my husband had two babies at home to take care of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I tried my best to to help him out. And, and he did a very good job. Yes, he did. He did. He did. And uh, he and I noticed that she was still quite ill. Um, we know even before they had um, um, discharged her from the appendectomy, we had noticed that her fever it had not gone down mm-hmm. and we were under, we were wondering, well, you know, how come it's still like this even after the surgery? And the doctor had said perhaps she had picked up a virus and her, or her body had not um, recognized that she had the appendix removed. So we took it as that and we gave the meds that required us to do, but come on Sunday, she was still in quite a bit of pain and still kind of feverish. And by that time we had to stop her meds because it was only two days of meds. And she started hallucinating again. Wow. Yeah, so, I felt um, her belly. Mm-hmm. It was hard. Mm-hmm. And I called the hospital with concern because I felt perhaps there was something wrong from the surgery the Thursday okay. prior. So right. we brought her back. We asked for them uh, to, to consider bringing her back. And they said, um, call her doctor. We did. And her doctor also suggested that we go back. So we went back. By this time, I should not have lifted. I should not have been carrying her. But I had to do it. So um, because they only allowed one parent in the hospital triage, I brought her and uh, the nurse took her uh, temperature. It was high and was ready to administer uh, Tylenol or acetaminophen and then took her blood pressure. As soon as she took her blood pressure, she ripped it off her arm and said, 
come with me and ran out of the room. Oh, wow. I was How concerned at that time. I, I was shocked. I, I, I didn't know what she, she just disappeared out of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to lift my daughter and put her back in the wheelchair, which was something, again, I wasn't supposed to do, but I did it. And I tried to find her. I found her. And she right away, there was this uh, team ready to um, deal with my daughter. Um, everything you can think of at that point was just trying to get her an IV, try to get everything under control. And it was her blood pressure that was really low. Before you continue, you said that you didn't have to lift your daughter, but you lift your daughter. Why you couldn't lift your daughter? Because you have done the surgery before or? I had, yes, I had the surgery the Friday. Oh, Friday. Okay. We were were back into the hospital. So she had her surgery Thursday. I had mine Friday and we were back Uh in the hospital on Sunday. Mm, Yeah. That's a lot. So, yeah, um, they did everything they they uh, could to get an IV in, which was quite a bit of trouble. We had about five nurses, two, three attempts each trying to get uh, a medicine to quickly raise her blood pressure. Um, When they got her blood pressure kind of uh, stable enough, they decided to go back uh, to get an x-ray, but they did a COVID test just before. So we went to do the x-ray and it was very painful for her. Imagine she was still healing from a surgery and put her in all types of positions to um, examine her stomach area. Mm-hmm. When we went back into um, the emergency headed towards the room, it was quarantined. Wow. I was taken aback and very confused. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, what is this? And they said, mm-hmm. ma'am, um, you're going to have to get into the room. And I said, I don't understand. And they said, she has COVID. And I'm like, no, she doesn't. I mean, I know you did the test, but she was just here a few days ago and she was fine. She just tested negative. She had to be cleared for surgery. Right. Um, the doctor that um, I saw during her surgery said they don't understand why she would have been back here and why her stomach is like this because it was a classic case of a appendectomy and it was done well and the surgery was successful. So everybody was kind of baffled. Um, I so, thought nothing more than she must have picked up something from the surgery. So you she went. Fine. So you went back to the hospital. They took her, rushed her to emergency, and then when they get back from the, doing the test with her, they said to you that you were shocked to see that it was all barricaded and say you have to sit it because now it's a COVID area. Yeah, and wow. it was it was not just a shock. Well, or after the shock. And it continued. I just uh, uh, an air of shame Why or dirt came over me. Um, I felt I felt dirty. I felt shame almost because because hygiene was stressed so much. Mm-hmm. Um, proper hygiene, hand washing, um, and already the way I am um, a quite clean person, as well as having the business that I have. Um, I have a Montessori preschool, so being inspected, we have to be clean, we have to have good cleaning procedures and being um, a researcher as far as what are the best things to do in order to keep clean. All those things came to mind and said, I wasn't clean enough. How did this happen? But you did all the I did, I did, but something still made me feel Mm -hmm. um, that way. You know, I heard stories even from some others who said um, they know of some people who have had COVID in the family and refuse to share it right now because mm. perhaps they feel that shame. Right. Um, and they said they will share it later, but 
it's it's sad that that's that's what we feel um however it's important to 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 share this this is why i'm sharing it so um people know that they shouldn't feel that way right although it was my initial feeling they shouldn't feel that way because this this is a really sneaky virus and if anything that should console anyone who has had it uh not to feel that way because it's it's we don't know how it's it's spread as much as uh it is spreading even though we're hand washing it's you know we're still fighting it to this day so don't go on um beating yourself up you know we have to go ahead with faith and you just all you can do is do your best well, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in as a parent. But then how was she diagnosed? What was she diagnosed with? Okay, so being baffled about how she would have a negative test on a Thursday and then have a positive test on Sunday, I was convinced that perhaps maybe I also perhaps could have put her at risk, being that I went to a different hospital. Um, and weeks prior, they were actually kind of a hotbed for COVID at that point and overwhelmed in the emergency room. So I said, maybe I picked up something and gave it to her. And because she was cut and open, perhaps that's why she got it so fast. So I asked the mm-hmm. doctor, how fast can you get COVID? And he says, oh, 24 hours, 30, you know, 30, I've seen all kinds. So I said, oh boy, maybe mm-hmm. it was me. Right. So, so when guilty. they started asking me, mm-hmm, I felt mm-hmm. guilty. I felt guilty mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because as far as I know, um, my, my preschool, no children had anything, um, no, no symptoms of nothing. No one was sick. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in my preschool. So it was something that really surprised me. I mean, I kept my daughter um, away from going to school for the very reason to limit her exposure, you know, in the school system because of when she was younger, she had um, prior respiratory issues. I didn't want to put her at risk. So to be in a place that I had control over as far as cleaning, to be in a smaller group, where I know the children, I know the parents. It was comforting for me. And for me, it was the answer to keeping my daughter safe. And then in the end, we still ended up at the hospital. She didn't have anything they asked for, which was a rash. Um, they asked if she had diarrhea. Um, they had all of the COVID symptoms prior. And I said, she's had nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, they were also baffled. They did the short test. Sorry, they did the long test and she was negative, but they did the short test and found that she was positive. So wow. they had to rerun the test. And what they found was that she had traces of an old COVID virus. Okay. And then that set them on the path to the next thing, which was the diagnosis of her disease, which is called PIMS, P-I-M-S, mm-hmm. or otherwise also known as um, M-I-S-C. Mm-hmm. And what it means, it's... it's uh, a pediatric inflammatory multi-system syndrome where it is it triggers the immune system to into inflammation so swelling throughout the body which is one of the ways for the immune system to fight an often infection an injury or a disease so her heart was swelling liver kidneys um, everything was swelling and in the Onset of getting all this information, I, the doctors figured out that perhaps the appendix wasn't really only the appendix. Now they, they see having signs of COVID. They had seen it very in, in a minute way before with some other children. Um, and that's why they said they suspect it was PIMS disease. And 
they said I could do the research. However, that she was very sick and they would need to administer treatment right away. Wow. So I researched as quick as I could. But what was a blessing is um, um, I'm a very spiritual person. And in my faith, we have um, a committee that um, helps uh, along the way. If you're ever in a hospital, uh, they oversee um, a lot of the medical information and bring it down kind of into layman's terms. So anything that's over your head and you can't understand medically, they can help guide you through so you can make the quickest decisions possible. And I thank God for having a committee um, such as that. And that they helped me um, get all the information I needed for me to um, relate to my husband. And my husband and I made the decision that she should get the treatment, which was uh, IVIG. Um, mm-hmm. Pimp's disease is um, similar to Kawasaki disease, but what they're saying is it's worse. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Kawasaki disease happens um, to children uh, five and under, and it m- mostly affects children um, that are uh, East Asian, uh, East okay. Asian ethnicity. Okay. And now they're f- with this PIMS, mm-hmm. which is uh, more severe, they're finding mm-hmm. that this affects the ethnicity um, of African or Afro-Caribbean children. So um, you said the research, so is there a lot of research done on this already or you ju- is that just very new? That yes, it's a new disease. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, again, like I said, it's related to Kawasaki disease. However, this one is a like um, related to COVID in the way where it's like it's a trigger. So what it does is it stays in the body as it's not contagious anymore, but it stays in the body and really kind of sits there. The best way I could describe it as a ticking time bomb and just turns on a switch and her whole immune system turned on her. And this affects 1% um, of children uh, affected by COVID. Uh, Though small, I mean, this is worldwide right now and majority of that within that one percent um, of uh, Afro-Caribbean and African descent. So it's uh, something I find it's very important for all parents and family members to know because you could think COVID is over and yet be surprised weeks later. Right. So the research is new, but they are learning a lot of new research and they're going along and they're getting the help that you're getting the help that's needed. So how we should do this now? And what is a diagnosis with a rare disease that caused by COVID? Well, the data, um, going back to data, the data is super important. So the data that I read was in June of mm-hmm. 2020. So June will be the report uh, will bring it to a year. However, it's data from France, Italy, um, all over the world. Um, there's been a positive, though, in the data that comes from Asia because of all the stigma that is happening um, against uh, East Asians. And I think that's rather unfair because collectively, if everybody gets all the information, we can save more lives, you know. Um, but right now, uh, I have to start out by saying that she's um, home. I'm, I'm, we're blessed to have her home. And I thank God for that um, because no children so far, as far as I know, and since I've asked, um, have died from this in uh, Quebec. However, this is not the same for our U.S. counterparts. Um, okay. There's a lot of um, symptoms that could 
exhibit itself before and not seem like it's related to this disease unless doctors have already made themselves aware of it. But prior to her coming home, I had to close my daycare. And that was a little devastating for me uh, now that I'm feeling it now. But onset, it had to be done, of course, and I wasn't going to make um, that my priority. My daughter was my priority. But uh, what we're dealing with at home now is um, she's happy to be home. Um, we have lots of meds. She started out with um, uh, 13 pills to take per day, and that was the first time she ever took pills. Um, every two weeks, we've gone for um, checkups, and that would be with her heart because it's still um, swollen. It has not gone down. And we have um, her starting back school, and there's brain fog, headaches. Um, she's emotionally sensitive. Um, and I have to say that she is more conscious about uh, germs and the word COVID is something that's just, it's, it's really kind of triggers her, I guess, in a way, um, because it's been so devastating to her. Mm. But um, long term, we don't know what's going to happen. And that's why I have to continue to um, keep my preschool closed and keep her safe because um the variants are still out there and that those are the unknowns. We don't know if this is a one and done. We don't know if those will trigger um, any of the bodily reactions that she had prior. And we have to keep her active, but she can't be too active. We have to find a balance because when her heart pumps, it pumps really hard because it's still enlarged. Okay. So we have to be really careful. So going back, you said that you had to close your Montessori school to take care of your beautiful daughter right now that is at home. How do you feel as an educator, as a mom, to make that decision to close your Montessori school to just full-time just take care of your daughter? It, it was a no-brainer in the beginning and definitely something that it, it had to be done. Like I couldn't bring my daughter home unless it could be, you know, She's a safe place. Right. Career-wise, it uh, early on it wasn't a problem. Now that I'm sitting here and taking it all in, and things have calmed, it's it's quite painful. It's quite painful because I work mm -hmm. so hard mm -hmm. to uh, create a brand in order for me to spread my wings and open something bigger. Um, because on, honestly, only the only reason I had my preschool at home was to raise my children. Um, but it ended up being a little bit uh, longer um, than anticipated. But I worked hard on that part of my career. And, and through that, I sought validation because I, I'm a perfectionist a little bit. Um, and I, I love to research. And I, like uh, I, I said to you, um, I'm always a forever student. Right. And right. those things are something that I always strive for is to, to know what's new to know what's next so it's been it is now um really hard because i don't know what's next career rise for me um but i'm working on it i'm working on it well happy to hear that you have to make that decision to first first be a mom to take care of your family and second you know as parents we make sacrifices all the time for our children that we have to make choices and sometimes we need to make the right choice so our children will be safe and that's what you have to do. So my heart and my hat goes off to you to say that I think that you're doing a great job and I'm very proud 
to see the progress that uh, your beautiful daughter is making at this time. And I hope she continue to be safe. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So you know what? It's, yeah, go ahead. Sorry about that. I was just saying uh, it's, it's, it's hard to wear all the hats because it's not just yeah. one hat at a time or one role, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was hard to be sitting there um, trying to figure out what's happening with my daughter, hearing information because everything was touch and go with doctors. And then to put on the hat of businesswoman right there in the hospital room. I mean, it was so hard. And yet, because I'm a praying woman and I make sure that I have a spiritual connection, I was able to pray for calm and maintain the calm. So much so that I remember the doctors were saying, you know, it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. But you have to have it together because at the end of the day, you have clients is waiting for answers from you, right. you know, and you put so much energy into your business. And then when your business is in your home, the line gets blurred. So that role is kind of mother and business, mother and business. And as I was sitting there updating them right next to my daughter, as she was on the breathing machine, it was a, it was, it was a hard battle. And I felt slightly guilty for even having to, be put in that position. It, I was, I was sad that I was actually put in that position because I couldn't be a hundred percent a mom, nor could I be a hundred percent a boss. So it was. Uh, I, I totally understand you going through that because, as uh, the audience know, my husband passed away, and I had the exact same thing because I have my own business at home, and I had to separate being a businesswoman and being a, a care provider for my husband. And it has to be, so I do understand the struggle you have. I do understand what you have been through on that level. And it's not an easy road. It's not an easy thing to do, but it's great to see that through all this, you're still striving and doing well and coping the best way you know how to take care of your daughter. So I'm really, um, I'm really proud of you to see that you are going through, but you are making it. And that's, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. Thank you. So, so do you know of a community that is going through this as well? And do you have a support system at this time? Well, um, in Quebec, I didn't seem to find any so far. Um, Canada, no, but U.S. on Facebook, yes. Um, but I wanted to work on starting one that's uh, more local. Mm-hmm. And I called, actually, I was as I was searching, I found... Um, a new segment um, with a mom from Montreal talking about it. And I contacted her through Facebook and we're both interested in starting a local group, uh, at least for Montreal and the surrounding area. And until though we're a little bit more out of it, because it's still so fresh Mm -hmm. and we didn't realize how much energy and time it takes um, to take care of our kids since we've been home. Mm-hmm. In order for, for that to take off, we need to have a little bit more um, time available. But uh, so far, so good. Her son is um, one month ahead of my daughter as far as uh, the disease is concerned. Right. And thank God he is uh, seven and he's um, off the meds now. Wow, um, great news. Even, awesome. Yeah, he's off the meds. So mm-hmm. um, he wasn't as bad as my daughter, but at least that is some very good news to know that that will uh, happen for her hopefully one day and um 
yes, she has to come off of the steroids, but her heart in itself, or she still has to take her heart medicine, but uh, hopefully things will change. And as far as um, my support um, mm-hmm. one-on-one, right right now, it's mainly my family, uh, my spiritual brothers and sisters, and my friends. I have great friends, um, as well as uh, going outdoors. Uh, it ultimately brings me closer to God, and I love going into the mountains with my friends. Um, it's a space that we don't need to consider COVID as much. It's very open and we keep our distance and we really enjoy ourselves, um, Mm -hmm. connect um, spiritually, um, prayers, uh, you know, our own personal spiritual development takes place there. And um, I run um, and power walk. uh, That has been um, more avid in my life now. And it gives me just the space to think and the freedom to um, find just some 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 stability and make me a better mom and uh, caregiving mom and uh, wife uh, at home, as well as reading and research. I love um, to do that. Uh, I love to just get all the new information. So that's wow. that's how I get through the days right now. That's great. That means you you're pushing on and you're taking the time to find you and heal you. So that's a great thing. And and the support is awesome that you have um, your family and you have great friends that can support you and people is praying for you and encouraging you to to keep uh, strong and renew strength daily with prayer. And and that's awesome to hear that you happen to lose that part of growing closer yeah. to God because sometimes you know when we're going through stuff we always ask the question why me or why did it have to happen to me or why God and for just your testimony saying that you're going through all that and you can still take the time to go and find and grow closer to him wherever you can get a time and space and the mountain calls you to do that and having your power walk is really um something so i I hope that others out there will just say you know what no matter what we are going through at the time we can still find hope you know through family friends or spiritual brothers or sisters or on our own the water or finding something that can tell us you know what there is hope and it's it's good to know so now how are you coping Sorry, go ahead. I was saying it was just so calming too, because mm. you know when there's a scripture that comes to mind, it says when you you though you could pray for calmness. It was, I'm going to paraphrase it, but you can pray for calm, and there or there will be a calm put upon you beyond what is normal. Mm. And mm. when I think about when the doctors a few times it says, you know, it, it's okay to cry. It's maybe maybe they saw it there, but I still felt. A comment, and as I said, maybe, maybe I am not normal for them because they're in. You know, it's okay, it's okay to cry. It's okay, but I, I, I had to hold it together, and it was a strength that was supernatural in the sense it must have been from God because it was just, it wasn't normal. I was, I was for all that we went through. It, it was not normal. So it was a strength that was beyond me. So I'm so yes. grateful yep. to the brothers and sisters that prayed for me, my friends, my family that prayed for us. I say it did give me a strength and a power that was beyond normal because it held us through. And this was at a time, of course, where you can't visit in the hospitals. Right. And so that physical interchange of upliftment couldn't be there. 
and yet it was there in a spiritual sense. So with the cards Beautiful. and the calls and the text, I appreciate uh, everything. everything. Awesome. That's great. It's happy to know that you have that community that can help. Uh, it is really good to know that. So how are you coping with the new change in your family life right now? How are you coping with that? Well, it's been an eye opener on mm-hmm. what and who awesome. is the most important in terms of priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, especially we had touched on it a bit because I had blended a lot of my work with my home life. It, it got blurred. So that definitely put it much better into perspective. perspective right. um, mm-hmm. As far as her relationship with her older brother, mm-hmm. uh, they're getting along even better than they were before. So that's um, good. That's good. And mm-hmm. it's so nice to see her spiritual awareness. Wow. It's heightened. Wow. It's heightened for a young child. Prayers so mm-hmm. uh, deeper and her questions about life um, and her condition are beyond her age and her understanding or way do I can explain it to her. It's she's able to absorb. And now anytime she feels a certain way, she says, mommy, I'm going to pray about it, you know, and <laughs> in in small things, you know, she says, oh, I'm going to pray about this. And she, she, she knows that it may not be answered right away. However, right. She, the idea that she's able to turn Amen. to God Amen. and she so, knows that that's for beautiful for me. So do you, gonna, would you willing to say that she have an old soul? <laughs> well, she'd be a lot like me. She'd be a lot like her mom. Um, I, I've always been um, an old soul. <laughs> so, uh, I'd say yes, she'd probably be an old soul. Um, and if she can continue throughout life with the spiritual awareness um, and safeguard her heart with, you know, all the imperfections we have, it'll definitely help guide her through a lot of turmoil that can come and be um, brought forth because of life's uh, bumps Challenges. in the road and stuff. So, and, yeah, so you just want to be mm-hmm. sure that you, as a parent, give your children those tools in their toolbox. So when they're ready to open that toolbox and build, they have some good tools, you know, to build their life. So I'm glad that she has that tool and I'm hoping to help her really know how to use it in all different situations so she can pass it on to her kids. Great. So what are the biggest changes that you had to make as a mom and how have it changed you to be where you are right now in your life? What is the biggest changes? Well, that's it. So, you know, I, I have this shirt that says, wife, mom, boss. So now there's a big check market wife and there's a check market mom, but boss is not checked anymore. So I feel, honestly, I feel lost. Um, the process of finding a better me is though very important right. and a better and stronger me is, is something that I would need in all the roles. Um, so, so that is what I'm finding. Um, even though I'm a, a bit lost on, on my, my purpose, um, I had to shut down the school. So now it's what do I do next as far as that? Because I branded it and created it. And where, where do I go from here? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's learning to find myself and spend more time with myself and self-care because I had always put others in front of me. And it was always mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. um, because I dedicated so much of my life to my work and, um, and my work for so long was feeding my personal validation for my purpose. Right. It, it, it got too mixed up. And I 
I sought out the validation through work mm-hmm. and didn't find it within myself for me. So that's what I'm working on um, so much so that even when it was clear that I was tired and unhealthy and unable to meet my own high standards for m- that I set for myself um, in my job and even as a wife and mom, mm-hmm. I still pushed myself to do more for my clients. So as so as for them not to be disappointed in me mm-hmm. and what I set as far as the bar for myself. So that was something that uh, definitely changed. My sleeping and eating patterns have a direct effect on my health. And I know this now much more so than before. So without the shutdown that was forced upon me in this indirect way, I probably would run myself down to the ground, just trying to appease clients for validation, you know? Right. I just want to go back to something you said. You said that you, you feel you have a t-shirt that says wife, mom, and um, wife, mom, and boss. But Mm -hmm. wouldn't you say that you see the boss at home because you have to do appointments, you have to run the house, you have to take care of your daughter, you have to put everything in perspective of where you are right now in your life. And you say not having a purpose, but isn't that a part of your purpose where you have to take the time to to niche your 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 um your your family and and build back that foundation that was broken because of the the, the disease and the diagnosis that your daughter had? Wouldn't you say that? Yes, yes, yes. You can say that too. It's just, mm-hmm. just there's a um, career wise, I right. guess there's just something that feeds that part a little differently than the roles of wife and mom. Right. Um, and because it's, it's, it's in a way separate from the family as far as that validation, because mm-hmm. it's, right. you know, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. but yes, you're, yes, you're, you're right in a way. Yes. It, I, I am still, yes, I could still be the boss at home. <laughs> you should be the boss. You should take yes. them on and take care and put things together and you can still be a boss for sure. Although it's just a, yes. it's just a shift of different bosses. <laughs> That's the boss you have to be right now. That's at, it. At your home. <laughs> Well, even the boss of myself, right? I, I let myself true. go. Right. That's right. I let myself go. I was not really um, taking care of my health. Uh, I know when COVID came along after a while, you know, nobody dresses up anymore. <laughs> nobody <laughs> really goes anywhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you start to let yourself go a bit, you know, and um, it was the job that had me waking up and getting dressed. It was the job that, <laughs> you know, um, you know, so, but uh, on, on the serious note, yes, health wise, you know, you, you never take a day off because you right. just want to be there. To be healthy. You, and it's funny to Sorry, go ahead. Finish up. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's it. Doctor's appointments were sel- seldom or few and far and in between because you had to work it for right. what was convenient to the clients. Right. You know, right. Um, the government had even asked us as educators to be more um, attentive to attentive. the parents. Well, parents, right. right. To be yeah. more attentive to the children. So mm-hmm. not only were we already doing the role as caregiver to the children and teacher to the children, We're now indirect therapists and we're, uh, you know, this is, there's no pay raise for that. And we're not doing it for pay. We're doing it because our heart is already in this field. And this is where our heart brings us, you know, but it's draining because I, myself as an, as an empath, I absorb all these problems as if they're my own. 
And after a while, it wears on you. Yeah, and there's no doctor's appointments and therapies you can go to. Nobody's asking you those same questions on the other end. Yeah. Unless and, you have your friends. And two mm-hmm. is because we love what we do and we do it with passion and we want yeah. to do it well. We want everything to work out for everyone else. And that's what happening is that you're doing everything for everybody else, but you're not taking the time to take care of you on a mental level, on a physical level, you know, you're just trying to please everyone because we, you are natural, right? So you try to nurture and help and get validated from others because you're doing a great job. But in the end, you're not taking care of you where you have to rejuvenate yourself to keep on going so you can take care of others in a, in a healthy way. You know what I mean? Exactly. exactly. So and so putting yourself on the back burner. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it's a back burner. You're still going to burn yourself. You know, if, if, if I was talking to myself, I'd be upset with myself. What would you say to yourself <laughs> would, if you're talking to yourself would, right now? <laughs> you know, and, and sometimes we don't think about it that way. You know, we, we put ourselves on the back burner and say, but if we had met somebody like ourselves, right. we would have said, what's wrong? That's mm-hmm. not good. Fix it. Come on. You got to help yourself. You got to, fi- we got to, you got to change this. You got to change that. But when you, when you're always being empathetic to everyone else, mm-hmm. you, you seem just to always say, I'll get to myself. I'll get to myself. Oh, I'll, I'll get to myself. Yes. These people need help now. They need help now. Because mm-hmm. you're trying and to help everyone else. Yeah, that's the danger. Mm-hmm. So even though, <laughs> I believe it or not, I feel that even though the doctors advise me to shut down to protect right. my daughter's health and life right. at this time, right. her illness saved my life because it allowed me to to reflect. Make doctor's appointment. Wow. Reflect. To take time out for you. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yes. So in the end, I would have been no good as any of those roles if I continued the way I was. There would be no wife. There would be no boss. So at least I could still check wife and mom. I may not be able to check boss in the way I wanted to before, <laughs> but maybe it's a whole different boss. That's you know? right. Maybe it's not that same boss. That's right. You know, the, the mindset is different. Yes. Um, than before so now i'm resetting my mind right for a better mindset great right? so that's that's where i'm at now and so my view on myself the amount of importance that i put on myself on mm-hmm. my physical mental and spiritual health right is for me and my family of utmost importance very well and very well said yeah my well clients said. moved on they're fine that's right i don't need to worry about them as much as i did when i was open um, although my, my heart's still for them, but I have to save some for myself as well. And, and, and there's a saying that you need to be selfish to love yourself so you can love others. Because if you're not selfish to take care of you, you cannot take care of anybody else. You cannot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that being said, what do you miss most or least during this pandemic? What do you miss most? Well, most the faces without the mask oh, <laughs> yes we all do face i'm a very visual person as well so that physical contact as well the touchy feely hugs those are things mm-hmm. i will never take for granted mm-hmm. um and also traveling to see my family and friends mm-hmm. border across the borders mm-hmm. you know, how about hugs, those are, hugs. Mm. yeah hugs that physical mm-hmm. contact that hugs, hugs yeah i love hugs love <laughs> hugs so um what fed that too was the children in my care my little kitties my preschool yeah, kitties that know. fed that so hugs, I, I miss those hugs yeah. i miss those hugs yeah, um, kisses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, you know what? It, it's just to show that we have to appreciate where we are in our lives. I mean, to appreciate where we, we have to take nothing for granted and enjoy every moment because it's mm. so precious. You know, we take it for granted and we don't think about it. And we say, oh, yeah, I remember when we did that last two years ago? That was fun. And now we will wish to do that, but we can't because of COVID. So we have to try to protect ourselves and others around us. So yeah, so you know, this podcast, it reflects on recharging, rebuilding, and restoring our lives. With the mm-hmm. three R's in mind, what season are you, you going to say you are in right now at this present moment of your life? I would say rebuilding. Why so? Um, as far as the terms of our family, Mm-hmm. Um, we have a whole new setup and we have to be more conscientious about my daughter's health. And so that, you know, I'm so, I'm so blessed. And the thing is, I, I, I want to be sure to also say, um, I've, I see even in all this tragedy, the blessings along the way, mm-hmm. I am so blessed to still, you know, yes, I'm sad that I'm not able to work right now. However, I'm in a, uh, primarily a country that provides benefits that can help out during this time a little bit. But I am so blessed to have a husband that is able to work and still has his job in order to support us. And so yeah. I, I, I can still sit here and, and be in my rut. However, there is so many blessings that's still helping to hold me up. And so rebuilding and restructuring our family dynamic, that is something I really want to do. And, and that's mostly in terms of spiritual. Um, we, we have been blessed to still have our daughter here Amen. and so that realization of how much of our spiritual lives mm-hmm. need to be uh, restructured or rebuilt in terms of making sure that we spend more time quality in time. praise and worship yeah oh, praise time. and worship together mm-hmm. um, more time realizing that we cannot rely on our own strength Amen. Um, and we do need that of, um, uh, of a higher power. That is something that is very, very, very important. So what do you see in the future? What, where is your plans for the future with you being home and your daughter being home right now and being homeschooled? Where do you see your plans? Where is your plans for the future? Well, being trained as a Montessori teacher um, since 2017, I have to say it's to have a Montessori school. Awesome. Uh, one that is a, right. uh, as authentic as I possibly can make it. However, I know that technology has changed a lot of, uh, of education, but yes, um, something yes. no bigger than, you know, uh, 30 or 35 kids or whatever um, that sticks to the Montessori um, pedagogy as much as possible. I would love to do that. Beautiful. Well, I pray that you do well in your endeavors and as you take on new uh, journey in your life and that you'll be able to be very successful in whatever you do because I know what you put your heart to you do it well because as you said before you are a perfectionist <laughs> <laughs> but we have to also think though I have to, I have to also add sometimes that perfectionist perfectionism can get in the way um, I was always the type to say until I'm a hundred percent I won't go forward however not going forward is a hundred is a hundred percent of not going forward. That's right. That's right. Right. So mm-hmm. um, even if you don't know everything, and this is what I've learned now over and and well in the last few years, not everybody knows everything. Right. Going forward, mm-hmm. uh, some people are 
it's very successful right now. There are many people. Um, I can't name them all. However, I can't think of any right now. But I know for a fact I have read them. They have been very successful in starting um, a maybe multi-million dollar business. However, when they started, they knew nothing. That's they right. through it. That's right. So it's okay not to know everything. Um, but growing up, you have parents who say you have to work 10 times harder. You have to do 10 times harder because you're right. a person of color. Right. That kind of underlines why I believed what I did for so long. However, it's okay to learn along the way. And, and it's okay to don't know and ask lots of questions. Because when you ask mm-hmm. questions, the right people will fall on your path that can help you and guide you to become what you want to become or to guide you to make decisions that will help you become better than where you are at the present time. So I just want to say, I thank you so much for sharing your story with our community. And I pray and and hope that our community will listen and share with others so they will be aware of this disease and and able to let people know the symptoms of what you talked about so they can share it with someone else and and save someone else's life. So thank you so much for sharing. And you take care of yourself and stay authentic and beautiful as you are. Thank you. Can't wait to update you on my journey. (laughs) Well, uh, you know what? I can't wait to have you back on the podcast so you can tell us about it in a few months or years. We don't know. So let us Mm -hmm. let's stay tuned for that, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. The roles we play in life are not like theater scenes on a stage that plays over and over again. Rather, those roles can change and be written. So don't close that final curtain. Keep going. Your scenes in life may play out even better than you had planned. Resilient is accepting your new reality. Even if it is less good than the one you had before. Let any obstructing causes, no matter what, be removed in any way. Even by exiting Turn your tragedy into your backstory. So go, write your story. Hey guys, please don't forget the Archery and Rawls Run, supported by the ALS of Quebec. It will take place this summer on Sunday, the 27th of June, from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Run a 3K up to a 10K your choice. Please share this wonderful event with all of your friends or as many people as possible to support the run or you can just donate. Check out the link in my podcast. Peace. I feel the love. I receive it and I'm giving it right back to you guys. Thank you.